0: welcome to the bible studies for life adult podcast this podcast is hosted each week by chris johnson and myself lynn Pryor. and in today's session we're going to be talking about a phrase that a lot of people know they use but they may not even be aware it's from scripture and the phrase is reading the writing on the wall well we're going to be in daniel 5 where that past that phrase is used chris
1: Yes, Lynn, we are in the middle of a study called Staying True in a World Far From God, and we're looking at stories and events, teachings out of the book of Daniel. And so the story that we're going to talk about today uh, may or may not be, uh, the, the story may or may not be familiar, but the reference that you made to the handwriting on the wall uh, is, um, is something that most people have, have heard. Uh, my writer said that uh, this refers to an unstoppable crisis. <laughs> something bad's about to happen. The handwriting's on the wall, um, and we'll look at uh, the context for that in this passage.
0: Well, before we look at something bad about to happen, let's talk about something good that's about to happen. And that is that Gina Rogers is joining us for this podcast. Gina, thanks for being here.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Gina serves as the content editor for the Daily Discipleship Guide, the uh, part of the Bible Studies for Life family. And uh, Gina has had her hands full over the last year as the Daily Discipleship Guide has gone through some, some uh, improvements, some changes, some transitions. And Gina, you have steered this very well. You've handled it very well. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you. We're excited about the changes and excited to see what folks think about it.
0: Well, as Chris said, we're going to be in Daniel chapter five. As we look at this study today, this is the point we're driving for. And that is being a bold witness for God sometimes means speaking hard truth. Being a bold witness for God sometimes means speaking hard truth. And that's what we're going to see Daniel doing in this passage. Uh, so, Chris, before we jump into Daniel five, why don't you give us the context of what's happened up to this point?
1: Okay, so as we've looked at uh, the book of Daniel in chapter one, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is the king. Now, this is this is the great king um, who who makes the Babylonian Empire uh, the the world power of its time. Uh, they have destroyed and defeated the Assyrians. They've taken on the Egyptians and defeated them. Uh, he is the one who um, took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, into captivity, uh, from take, took them from Jerusalem uh, to uh, Babylon. So we've talked about that over the past couple of weeks. When the Babylonian captivity culminated, uh, with the fall of Jerusalem in five eighty seven five eighty six B C, the uh, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, most of the inhabitants, are taken into captivity. This is exactly what Jeremiah predicted would happen: that there would be uh, the people would fall, Jerusalem would fall, and the people would go into exile uh, for a uh, for seventy years. So this is they're living through this. When we get to D- Daniel chapter five, um. Nebuchadnezzar has died. We've had there are some stories about Nebuchadnezzar up to that point, but then Nebuchadnezzar dies, and there are several kings who succeed him. Belshazzar is the king at this time. Uh, we actually have a time stamp for the event that we're talking about today. Uh, it, this is 539 BC. It is when the Babylonian Empire falls to the Persians, and that's about to happen. And uh, we'll be told we'll talk more about that at the end of this session.
0: So in this immediate context right now in Daniel five, Belshazzar, he is there with thousands uh, of his nobles and he is having a major party to the point they're drinking. They're even using the gold vessels that came out of the temple uh, and they are just having this big celebration. And while they're celebrating a hand appears and begins to write on the wall. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about the, the, the actual writing.
1: Kind of freaked him out, didn't it?
0: <laughs> it would for me, too. There is a sense of panic that happens. Uh, and so th- they don't know what to do. they 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 want to bring in the medians, the the Chaldeans, all these diviners. and And uh, it's mentioned to him, hey, there is this one individual, Daniel, Give the background for Daniel and his uh, his work with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And so they bring, Daniel, in and this is where I want to pick up reading in verse 13 because what I want us to see is this is where we're going to begin because Daniel had a life of integrity and godly wisdom, which he was known for, which is why he was brought in. So we pick up and now in verse 13. Then Daniel was brought before the king. The king just said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the Judean exiles that my predecessor, the king, brought from Judah? I've heard that you have a spirit of the gods in you. And that insight, intelligence, and extraordinary wisdom are found in you. Now, the wise men and mediums were brought before me to read this inscription and make its interpretation known to me, but they could not give its interpretation. However, I have heard about you that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Therefore, if you can read this inscription and give me its interpretation, you will be clothed in purple have a gold chain around your neck, and have the third highest position in the kingdom.
1: So the reference to Daniel here is that he has these extraordinary abilities. He has insight, intelligence, wisdom. Uh, G.B. Howell, in his writing about this passage, says that Daniel could also solve problems, a term that meant being able to untie knots indicating that daniel was able to resolve complicated puzzles or problems so he's the problem solver he's the guy that they call uh in a time of need now daniel at this point is probably in his 80s no spring chicken they had to wake him up from a deep slumber (laughs) to uh bring him to where the party is going on um So that, that's what, that's what we find at this stage. This is our, this is the introduction to Daniel into this event.
0: What's fascinating to me about this is, uh, the fact that Daniel had this reputation. Uh, he is a senior adult, but all through his life, he has had this reputation, uh, for being uh, being God's spokesman, but doing what he does with integrity, openness, and honesty, uh, And and his godly wisdom. So there's a reputation there. Uh, and For me personally, let me just put it this way. Um, I think integrity is one of the most valuable virtues a person can have. Doesn't mean you have to be the best at everything. You have to be good. But if you do what you do with integrity and your words are with integrity, that that speaks volumes to me.
1: So we're talking about um, doing the right thing uh in public and in private uh bill hybels wrote a book several years ago called uh, who you are when no one's looking and that's the idea of integrity that we're that we're always the same that we're always consistent that we're always living our lives according to the principles and teachings of god's word and we want to encourage those who listen to our podcast and that's that's the lifestyle that god wants us to to live um, all the time.
0: So let me ask an obvious question here. Maybe it's obvious, but how does our integrity, how does that impact our witness for Christ?
1: Gina, when I was reading through the content that Michael Kelly developed, um, he, he referenced uh, First Peter chapter 2, verse 12, where Peter says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works. Peter's challenging believers, especially among unbelievers, live with integrity.
2: I think when we live life, a life with integrity, that uh, that brings with it trust. People trust and respect what we what we bring to the table, what we say, how we conduct ourselves. It's consistent. It's, it's the same and we're just, we're set apart different as, as Daniel was. He was clearly, there was something different about him.
0: Well, there certainly was because they thought they describe him as having insight, intelligence and wisdom. And of course we know that all comes from his relationship with God, which spoke into his life of integrity. Now, part of being, living a life of integrity and truthfulness, sometimes you have to speak hard truth. <laughs> and that's what Daniel is about to do, is that he is going to speak some hard truth. Um, let's look for a moment at verse 17. Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts and give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the inscription for the king and make the interpretation known to him.
1: So last week's session, he had to tell Nebuchadnezzar the dream that he had and interpret the dream. So at least he had something to work with in this (laughs) In chapter five. The the handwriting's on the wall. He's he's looking and interpreting something that everyone sees.
0: Let's skip down to verse 22. Catch this where he says, Daniel's talking to Belshazzar and says, but you, his successor, Belshazzar, you've not humbled your heart even though you knew all this, talking about the things that Nebuchadnezzar had done and Nebuchadnezzar's pride. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens. The vessels from his house were brought to you. And as you and your nobles, wives, and concubines drank wine from them, you praise the gods made of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or understand. But you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand and who controls the whole course of your life. Wow. Here is Daniel standing before the king, and he's just kind of said, he's just speaking truth to him, harsh, hard truth.
2: I think that's one of the things that really struck me is Daniel had to make a decision and clearly like Chris said he's he's had to make this decision before of where his allegiance lies. And so he's he's in front of the king that relationship is important but he it it wasn't ever really a decision for him. He knew where his allegiance was. It was with God and so he was going to speak the truth that he was called to speak out of obedience. And so that's, um, that piece is challenging to me because I like to think I know where my allegiance lies, but I am often hesitant in those difficult situations to speak the hard truth uh, when I'm called to do so.
0: Well, let's consider what are those things that we risk when we speak out like that? Again, when we speak those hard truths are we speak against sin, what are some risks we might face?
1: Uh, rejection, uh, not being accepted by others. And, you know, we are social beings, and sometimes that's difficult for people. We don't want to be viewed as judgmental. And so sometimes um, in the culture that we live in, uh, we're hesitant to say something when um sometimes the right thing to do is to speak up
2: because it's probably in in more cases than not it's that truth is not a popular truth in today's culture so it may go beyond for us an an individual relationship and i think i think sometimes i'm hesitant uh, not just because of how I'm hesitant for me as well as for them, if that makes sense, or how in speaking that truth. Um, It's not just about how they will react, maybe how I am perceived.
1: So it's significant, I think, interesting that Daniel steps up and says to the king,
2: well, you know, you're, 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 you're arrogant.
1: <laughs> Your pride is the problem. You didn't learn anything from Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a pride issue, and you know that story, and, and yet you have continued to um, to be proud and boastful and arrogant and, and to mock God um, in the use of uh, these, um, these instruments that were used for worship of God.
0: And I do think, again, it helps... For Daniel to speak this hard truth because of his solid reputation as a man of godly wisdom and of integrity. Of course, I know in our culture when we speak out, and we may be speaking truth, we may be speaking something that is righteous, but our culture, we are often perceived as being self-righteous in doing that. And I know that's where a lot of that little hesitation for some of us comes. Well, I don't want to get labeled, just look at that self-righteous person. Uh, but I think what Daniel's example, just because of his, not just in Daniel 5, but his life, we've seen up to this point, that he has lived a life of integrity. He's lived a life of godliness, uh, and therefore he could speak without coming across as sounding just holier than thou or self-righteous.
1: Gina, Michael Kelly uh, referenced this this pride um, as uh, the, the heart of the very original human sin that we feel like we know more than God, that uh, uh, our, what our desires are is what we're going to do. Uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen says pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. And we're about to see how that plays out um, in this king's life.
0: Yes, because Daniel, at this point, he's spoken the truth. He's spoken truth about the sin of exalting ourselves over God. But now we're going to skip it and go to verse 24. We're going to see that he speaks the truth that sin, that sin he's committed, it's going to bring judgment. So he says here in verse 24, therefore, he sent the hand and this writing was inscribed. This is the writing that was inscribed. Many, many, tekel and parson. This is the interpretation of the message. Many means that God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel means that you have been weighed on the balance and found deficient. Paris means that your kingdom has been divided and has been given to the Medes and the Persians.
1: Well, this, is, this is the interpretation that, uh, that Daniel provides. He, he reads the handwriting on the wall. Uh, your days are numbered. You've been weighed, so it, it's an image of a of a scale, and, um, uh, and when you've been weighed, when you've put on, been put on the balance, you've been found deficient, and uh, the result of this is uh, your your kingdom is going to be taken from you by the Medes and the Persians. Now, from a historical perspective, this is what's important. At that very moment, the Medes and the Persians we're surrounding the capital of Babylon. And um, in the height of arrogance and pride, Belshazzar says, we are impenetrable. Uh, There is nothing they can do, but surround us. Uh, We have all the food that we need to live for years. They will never take our city. So they're having a party while they're surrounded by, uh, by an enemy.
0: (laughs) That is the height of arrogance.
2: Yeah, I know Michael Kelly refers to that as basically it's like shaking his fist at God. And and that is absolute pride. And it just occurred to me, anytime I have an opportunity to learn from somebody else's mistakes and avoid some pain, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that. And uh, obviously, Belshazzar did not make that choice. And now he's paying the price for that.
0: And uh, Gina, it's you even see here in Daniel five where Daniel makes that argument, he says, hey, you saw what happened with Nebuchadnezzar. You're familiar with the stories. Why didn't you learn from him? But you're going to learn this on your own and you're going to learn it in a hard
1: way. So the story ends in verse 30. Listen, that very night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was killed and Darius the Mede received the kingdom at the age of 62. So. Uh, my friend G.B. Howell, who wrote uh, for the uh, PSG, for the Personal Study Guide for Adults and Senior Adults, s- gives a historical date, that that time stamp. October 16th, 539, the very night that we're talking about here, uh, was the end of the Babylonian Empire. The, God's judgment was swift it was immediate. <laughs> this very night, this took place, the judgment that that Daniel predicted.
0: And yet Daniel stood. I mean, he remained.
1: So I have a story to tell you guys. I, I took an Uber recently from the airport. It was 2.30 in the morning when this guy picked me up. And so uh, we're driving from the airport to my home and uh, we're striking up a conversation. And he tells me that he is of Persian descent, which struck me as somewhat odd. Um, He did go on to say that he was from Iran. And so the reality is uh, the the land that we're talking about, Babylon, was uh, what is uh, modern day Iran. And uh, he was telling me he was from Persian descent, and in our conversation, he was telling me about uh, his religion, that he was of the Baha'i faith, and uh, describing a little bit of what, what that was uh, to me. I knew it a little bit, but I was interested to hear it from his perspective. But he mentioned specifically um, the conqueror of uh, the Babylonians, Cyrus. Cyrus was the king of of the Persians, and um, history tells us that Cyrus makes a decree soon after he had conquered uh, the Babylonians to allow the children of uh, the descendants of Israel to return uh, to to Jerusalem. Not just him, but others. So he was he was recounting his country, his 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 country of origin. This history of The wise and great uh, leader, Cyrus, um, who who was open to other beliefs and gave people an opportunity to return uh, to their homelands. And I said to him, hey, that's interesting. We are doing a Bible study right now that talks about the fall of Babylon uh, to the Persians. And, and to Cyrus the Great. And I encouraged him to find a Bible and read Daniel chapter 5 so that he could read the history of the day that the Babylonian Empire fell to the Persians and, and understand the teaching uh, that we have in the Bible that uh, of the story of the handwriting being on the wall and judgment coming. Um, uh, And the very night that it was predicted, uh, Babylon fell. So I found it interesting that in the early hours of the morning that I'm having this kind of conversation with a guy (laughs) connected to the story that we're talking about
0: today. And hopefully he'll also see if he reads that account in Daniel 5, not just the historical part of it, but that sense of that God's hand was also involved in that judgment. This is our focus as Daniel was a bold witness, and which meant speaking hard truth, sometimes we have to do the same thing, but it comes from a heart, a lifestyle of integrity to be that bold witness for God. Gina and Chris, thank you for a good conversation around Daniel 5 today.
1: Thanks, Gina. Always good to have you with us.
2: It's fun to be here.
1: Uh, And we want to thank you who are listening to our podcast. We appreciate you and hope that this helps you uh, as you prepare or as you uh, think about and process uh, Daniel chapter 5 this week.